This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, and he is the CEO of SOM International. And today, David, we want to talk a little bit about just the news, the news around the world of the persecuted church. And we're going to start off today with talking about North Africa. North Africa is something that we don't talk about very often in the work that's going on there. Featured on the front page of the newsletter is a story that's coming out of North Africa in an area that we're doing ministry in. And and Nedia. Uh, Nedia is uh, one of our workers. And uh, she says this in the newsletter, and I'm going to let you follow up on this. Uh, you and I know Nedia well. She says this, after becoming a believer in Jesus, Nedia still felt paralyzed in her relationship with Christ. Becoming whole in Christ is a process. Jesus healed my mind, she says, and heart so that I became free from the fear of oppression. I discovered my Father in Heaven wants me to choose to worship Him. Every day, I enjoy His love, and now I know that loving Him back brings God pleasure. It's a radical thought for Muslims that our choices bring Christ pleasure. David, as you've been working with Nadia and you've been working with Muslim background believers, how is this so impacting? How is this such a powerful thought for a Muslim background believer? Yeah, well, Mark, I just love that last part of her quote that you just read. I, and I want the listeners to catch that. Our choices bring Christ pleasure. I mean, that's even radical for the American audience. And Nettie is really special to my heart. Mm -hmm. She's a spiritual daughter to Cindy and I and married one of our spiritual sons uh, through the ministry here. And there's quite a story. I was one of the rare times that I was get to be matchmaker because I first met her in North Africa doing a, a DDM, a discussion discipleship method uh, training, which is our oral inductive Bible training mm -hmm. that we do, that we you and I sure. talked about. And the, the Holy Spirit highlighted her and just saw something special about her. And then through that, able to connect her with my spiritual son there. And then I was uh, saw this amazing, miraculous relationship of them coming together and uh, through the internet and, and for a year and and she had four dreams of the Lord convincing her that this is the relationship with the Lord and gain her over here and I got to perform yeah. the services. Uh, it's it's a crazy story. We'll maybe yeah, have to tell I, I that was there time. And, but yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. yes, yes, that's right. And so what, it's such a wonderful history of this precious daughter of Christ. And I've learned so much, Mark about more about even the Islamic world, what it means to come out of Islam. Nadia was raised in a devout Islamic uh, world and, and father. Um, at, at her cradle, every Muslim's cradle, the father pronounces the Shahada, which is the prayer to Allah, and that they're, they're born Muslims and they will live Muslims, they will die Muslims. And so one of the things I discovered with uh, Nadia, she told me how her growth, the Lord, she was still let's say, crippled, mm -hmm. you know, coming to Christ. I mean, there's this new freedom and new salvation and heart. Um, but yet the Lord showed her that down deep, she had this deep fears. And specifically that she saw that Islam planted this lie that you know, life was fatalism, that Allah made all the decisions mm -hmm. and there's nothing she could change. No, there's no choice she could really make because mm -hmm. Allah knows all things kind of thing. And so just in these recent uh, years, the Lord has been freeing her up to, again, that, that quote, quote there, our choices bring Christ's pleasure, that she realized as a daughter of Christ that God wanted her to have the mind of Christ, wanted her to make choices, and that God mm -hmm. would honor that and would be blessed by that. 
And so I think that really helps. I I think I know to us helps us pray to think what does it mean for a Muslim to come to yeah. Christ, Mark, and what's our part in that? And it starts with prayer, but gentleness and tenderness and speaking mm-hmm. to our identity in Christ. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts even when you think about what that means for a Muslim? One is come to Christ. Two is in you know growing the what it means to, to really be obedient to the Lord, to hear him, to make choices. I mean, in the Muslim culture, it's so ingrained in them and it's ingrained in their culture. It's ingrained in their families that, you know, Islam just permeates everything. And it's really a miracle. Um, I mean, I, I yeah. don't know how else to say it when somebody who is uh, totally steeped in Islam is able to rise above that and say, I think that Christ is more beautiful. I think that Christ Christ is the Lord and the Savior. And and then there's a, a falling out that we see over and over again that when somebody chooses Christ, that often means that they have to choose to walk away from a lot of other things. And it's just unbelievably difficult. And then there are some of these... Oh, some of these feelings that people coming out of Islam have that um, their idea of God is really different than the God of the Bible. And it takes a while for them to be deprogrammed and for them to really understand who the God of the Bible is and how that's different from what they've been taught over the years. So it's remarkable where, where Nadia is at. And it's part of the process of what they're doing. And as they're leading other Muslim background believers into, you know, discipleship relationship with Christ. Yeah. Well, as you know, and as a leadership ministry, Mark, I think it's important that we remind each other and to start with our heart, you know, as David prayed, search my heart, O Lord, to see if there's any unclean thing. And the way things get into our heart and are clean are lies, you know, the lies of the enemy. And, and, I, and I think myself specifically um, contributed to this with our team, enjoyed this particular newsletter a lot because our focus is a choice. And, you know, I point out to be what God really profoundly, again, made in my heart to see that the first gift, one of the first gifts God gives to us is choice. In the garden, he gave the choice of the tree of knowledge of good and evil the, in the way out, or the way to say, no, I, I'm not going to do it your way, or the tree of life. And, and so I put that out that the first thing of leadership of righteousness is that we allow choice. I mean, ch- choice ultimately, even a parenting, for our kids to make the wrong decision. Because it, love is choice. And the difference between a slave of sin and a, and a free in Christ is choice. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that's one of the things coming out of any religious background, let alone Islam, which is fatalism, that Allah does all things, He does whatever He wants. And try in that lie at the beginning to steal our freedom to contribute to, as the scripture talks about, to co-reign with Christ. I mean, yeah. that's just such a radical concept. We right. think about what that, that looks like. Means. Well, I know we're running out of time. And for the rest, when we come back, um, let's talk about the, some of the other things going on and what that looks like about choice around the world and some of those other things. Yeah, I think that sounds great. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio.
Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Today, we're going through just some of the news of what's happening around the world with those who are risking much for Christ. And our next section brings us to India. Now, uh, India, there's been some changes in the laws. Uh, some Hindu lawmakers are starting this campaign. Matter of fact, they started it back in December to make Hinduism a national religion, and that creates some problems for the Christian church. Uh, David, tell us about what's happening with India, with the church planters there. We have hundreds and hundreds of church planters, I think thousands at this point, and this has a really deep and dramatic effect on their ministry. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah, sure, Mark. And again, on this newsletter, this podcast today, we're really talking about you know God's gift of choice and how important choice is in leadership and and really in our being knit together our heart with the Lord and and having the wisdom of choices that impact society and righteousness. And you know, we we talked about again Islam, how Islam for Nadia stole the idea of she had choice at all. But that, that comes across any religion. Basically, religion, apart from Christ, apart from truth itself, and, and Christ is the truth, that um, it takes away choice. A choice is a freedom. That is, excuse me, not a freedom, but I mean, a choice is a, is a threat to, to Christ and freedom. So, you know, in, in India, there's just rising nationalism that is bringing endangerment and suffering and difficulty and persecution to the small church uh, overall in India, you know, less, probably less than 5% there. Um, right. And, you know, our contact director there is telling us that they're aiming to push Christianity into obscurity by making faith in Jesus Christ an anti-national and eliminating any Christian influence. There we go, leadership again. They're, the enemy always tries to you know, target them. A, right, the right. enemies making, you know, the righteous ones of Christ, the enemies. And, uh, and so they're using hostile tactics, uh, criminalizing Christianity, staging riots, nationalistic Hindu parades, waving fa- flags in defiance against Christianity, against the preaching of it. And then in um, market 12 states recently, India passed anti-conversion laws to guard Hindus against knowing Christ. Yeah, so let's just stop there, David. I mean, just uh, imagine what that feels like. You're, you're trying to go to church, you're trying to be part of a Christian community, and as you're going through your community, there's people that are literally waving flags in defiance that have anti-Christian messages on them. What has to be going through the mind of a of a believer as they're seeing these protests against their religion? That has to be terribly difficult. Yeah, well, again, I think the the enemy's tactic always is fear, right, Mark? Because yeah. we see that. Yeah, that's that's the, right. The first that's the first symptom of of Satan and the fall was they feared each other, then they feared God. Um, so, you know, they, they, who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe Christ and his report? Or are we going to believe the enemies of Christ? And so that's why it's an issue of control. And again, control is anti-choice. You know, they're truly yeah, that's um, right. taking away choices. And, you know, why is, why, if there was no real power in the gospel, why would they need to have anti-conversion laws? And these are, yeah, right. these are you know, when, when mankind uses law, to manipulate people, these are what we would, I think, we could call truly oppression of, of corruption and manipulation. For instance, you know, I mean, you when something's true, you don't really, you don't need a law about it because it's its own law. I mean, you know, like the law of gravity. When people don't have a problem, like a, we're near the Grand Canyon, I mean, you know, it's 
it's almost a mild drop, you know, sometimes. People understand the fences. The fences actually help people stay back a little bit, save lives. That, that works to help people understand what law is already going on. Now, if you, you put a fence around something that, you know, belongs to all people, they realize, oh, you know, that's just one segment keeping it to themselves kind of thing. It's a false law. It's an oppression. I get this, you don't kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and, right. and, and so, you know, here we are in the uh, Hindu state of India where they're, they're putting up these laws because they want to control people. It isn't because Hinduism is the truth. Because if it was the truth, they wouldn't need to make these laws. These laws yeah, itself are showing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, that there's yeah. a problem. Well, no, what, and what I like about our newsletter, there's there's a couple of things. And if you don't get the newsletter, you should get this just for the pictures. Mm-hmm. I, I love that there's a picture of a guy behind a bicycle, and the bicycle is like his pulpit. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. preaching to this small, this small group of people. And you see these places where they're going into and preaching the gospel in these villages. But I love this quote right at the end. It says here, one faithful believer recently commented about the menacing cloud of threats. I mean, gosh, again, just the emotions behind that. But he says this, I have to declared my faith before top officials and the government of heaven before angels and before the king of kings jesus and if the time comes i'm not afraid to declare my faith on earth and these guys are they're just bold out there um you know even though the the hindu nationalists are saying you know no more you can no longer preach the gospel man they're out there using their bicycle as pulpits and just preaching in these villages i i I love that yeah yeah again and that's the beauty of what we're trying to contrast here with Christ in our hearts, here are these leaders choosing to risk, to proclaim their faith, to set the captives free. And what you know, that quote you just said, the context around that is that the Hindu government and the devout Hindu followers are trying to reconvert all our base our network over there. It's 90% Muslim background. And by their government cards, they keep track of their religion. You know, in America, people don't understand that context. Uh, but in India, yeah. you, you have identity on your identity papers. You have your religious identity. And so really? what India has come against is the freedom of belief. Mm-hmm. And, and so this man is talking about that if he were to, you know, naively go to the government and declare he's become a Christian, he is literally bringing the wrath of the government upon him. And so uh, he's declaring this. And so they're going around even to church, you know, to neighbors and saying, hey, if anybody's worshiping Jesus in secret or whatever, you know, turn them in. And, you know, they're being very proactive of going after the Christians. And so he realizes that he could declare his faith anytime and at all places, but he already declared for the Lord. And now the Lord's telling him who to declare to that have a clean, you know, have a heart that's seeking the Lord, that's seekers. But he doesn't have the obligation before the government because these are oppressive laws that he has to change you know, his government status kind of thing. And that's a that's a discernment thing, Mark, right? It, it, yeah, yeah. When, when, when we declare and when we don't, you know, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just going to ask about that. You may not know the answer to this, but, but that, that's a curious, as a curiosity to me. Like, when a person becomes a Christian there, do they often uh, call the government and say, hey, I became a Christian, I want, I want to change my status as Christian well, on my papers? How does that work? Well, our network has felt no, because that's, again... That's just allowing the government to de- oppress more and to come and target them. It's kind of like the ultimately in the United States, a lot of people even with the gun rights. Uh, do I register my gun with the you know the government? Do they have a right for that? I mean, that's what every person has to grapple with, and that's where the scripture talks about those 
issues of the heart. Uh, if God puts that in your heart that you need to register with the government, you better register with the government. But if he has puts in your heart that that's not the shrewd and wise thing and that ultimately God has the the decisions of the heart and mind, then you know, trust yeah. the Lord. And that's that's what they're grappling with and having to decide for themselves. Yeah, and I think that that's probably a lot of wisdom there, David, that it's not a necessarily a, a legalistic one way or the other, but really just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, hey, we have we have more to talk about here about what's happening around the world. And so I think we're going to go to a, a second episode. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you want to step up and becoming a leader, a better leader in the kingdom of God, these newsletters that we put out are a huge encouragement. We want to encourage you to get on the mailing list and to get these into your mailbox because you'll see the pictures, you'll read the stories, and it'll encourage you to step out and do things for Christ. You can sign up for the uh, the newsletter at at riskradio.com or at spiritofmartyrdom.com. And we're funded by you. Our leaders globally are funded by you. And the way that you can be a part uh, as, a, um, as a financial donor is to sign up to become a monthly donor to this ministry or to just go and make a donation in exchange for a book on the bookstore. The bookstore is located at spiritofmartyrdom.com. Uh, David, right now, there's a lot of people buying the or donating in exchange for a Jubilee Bible. And uh, that's uh, that, that's been a really uh, huge thing on our bookstore. So if you want to get Russell Stendhal's um, edited version of the Jubilee Bible that is sitting there on the bookstore. Hey, until next time, my name is Mark Stafford and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.